Pickaxe. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they are pitched from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Dungeons and Dragons. And action! Seriously though, how could he sleep with that guy's wife and then kick him in the shin? Now hold on, we have no idea what's going on in their marriage. Maybe she's really unhappy and can't leave the scrawny guy to be with the real big guy like she actually wants to be. No, that's never okay. If she wants to be with the big guy, then she should be with him. She needs to tell the small fry that she doesn't love him anymore and that they shouldn't be together. I mean, it's not always that easy. What, what if she does love him, but isn't getting enough attention from him, like if he's working guard duty all night, but gives her no other attention during the day because he's at the bars playing checkers for money? Now you're just making stuff up. I am there every day and never seen the scrawny guy playing checkers. Or maybe he's so exhausted after his long night of guard duties that he just sleeps on the couch and not even in the bed with her and she just wants physical touch. Well, I can't blame him for that either. Sometimes the couch is just so much more comfortable and I don't want to wake Jenny up when I get home. Or maybe the big guy knows that she is such a wonderful woman and the scrawny guy could never live up to how amazing she is. She deserves better than this guy who just ignores her, and he's willing to fight for Jenny, even if it means going against his friend. Jenny? Are you sleeping with my wife? Another guest adventurer means another crazy giveaway. We've partnered with Gabe Hicks and Charity Water to bring you all some awesome prizes while bringing clean water to the world. We've got sets of Gabe's collab dice with Die Hard Dice to give away, a $50 Die Hard Dice gift card, brand new limited edition cast party anniversary merch, and so, so much more. Head on over to the link in our episode notes, send a donation to make the world a better place, alongside countless other ways to enter, and let's make a difference, together. The contest will be running through the end of November, and winners will be announced in episode 30. Best of luck, cast and crew! Listen, your boy gets sweaty, okay? I record all of Cast Party in a closet. I'm recording this in a closet. It gets hot in here, and I could turn my apartment into a literal ocean when I'm done. <clears throat> Sorry. I also am incredibly particular about my deodorants and body products because if I use the wrong stuff, I may as well just throw my skin away and start over because I will get some serious rashes. Which is exactly why when we got the opportunity to partner with a vegan, cruelty-free company with products that reflect the daily needs of real bodies in motion, and not just their underarms, I, along with the rest of the cast, was ecstatic. Hickey is for any body. Hickey products are all natural, gender neutral, and formulated to not leave residue on skin or clothing. Hickey is ethically and sustainably sourced and safe for all skin types, including my INCREDIBLY PICKY SKIN! They truly represent what we stand for in our community. Hickey's products are all natural, they are extremely versatile, and can be used ANYWHERE on your body. And Hickey is not just a product, it's a community of people that come together and feel heard, included, and safe to be exactly who they are. I am who I am, and I'm not ashamed of it. 
There is no normal, sweat is universal, and solutions should be too. Hickey makes products for everybody and anybody. And if you'd like to try some for yourself, you can use code CAST at hickey.com for 25% off anything. That is code CAST25 at HIKI.com for 25% off your entire order. Thank you so, so much to everyone at Hickey for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManus, and I will be your director for today. I am joined by my reconnoitering cast and crew, Ryan McManus. Hi, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo and heart musician who, speaking of weddings, hasn't been inside a church in quite some time. He tried selling out once and going down the whole Christian rock route while still being a cover band and put a Christian spin on all his favorite emo songs. It was weird but allowed him to tour across the country for a little bit after releasing his first cover album titled I Write Hymns, Not Tragedies. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> Anna Brisbane. Reconnoiter, verb, make a military observation of parentheses, a region. Thank you. Thank you Thank you. Thank it's you. It's not a real word. There's no way. I still don't get it. But, okay, I'm playing Blueberry <laughs> Sky, Elvin Druid, whose birthday is August 10th and has been trying to keep track of the days to know when her birthday happens because she makes it a big deal and she throws a huge party every year and pretty much all of <laughs> August is her birth month, but she recently lost track of the days thanks to being confused by the Underdark, so she's not sure how far away her birthday is and she's a little stressed about it. Blueberry birthday party tap? I'm in, let's do it. Oh. I also never thought about any of our actual character birthdays before until right this very oh, second. Oh, I wrote mine yeah. down. <laughs> Nigel Deacon. Uh, what's good? Xander Gucci Supreme, whose favorite animal is the platypus. Between the way they feed their young, the egg laying, the mild bioluminescence in their fur that makes them glow in the dark, the venomous back foot talons, he's just convinced that they're the closest proof that we have in the animal kingdom that aliens exist. Because, like, obviously... I forgot you wrote that down. I love it. <laughs> we have Vince Burrito. Jet the Boulder Chambers. Fun fact, he has actually, because he didn't have many friends growing up, he's never been to a wedding. So this is going to be the first wedding that Jet has ever been to. And he's just going to assume that all weddings are like this. Absolutely. <laughs> and returning, we have Gabe Hicks, also known as Gabe James Gabes. Hello, yep, I'm Gabe Hicks. I'm playing Adawolf, Adawolf Kuth. And wow, why did I do that to myself? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, something about Adawolf is he actually has saved the prince's life once when the prince was out and about by himself, caught in a situation of almost drowning and no one else was around, and he saved his life. It's not that he regrets it, but sometimes he wonders what happened if he didn't. Ooh, the speculation. Wow. Was that before or after mm. he and the princess got together? After. Ooh, that's even worse. Uh, <laughs> I don't hate him. I just don't like him. Let's talk about what you guys did last time. You began just outside the gates of Valorth at a weapon check-in table where the man you would soon meet, Adwolf, was having an altercation with Scud, who was not allowing him into the city. Sebastian gave Jet a sigil on his armor as he and Xander pushed to the front of the line to help Adwolf and sneak in with him. Some name-calling, angry words, and threatening to the captain later, the captain allowed you all into the city with your weapons and took Scud to a nearby building, scolding him. 
You spoke a moment about LA, Spanish, and how the wedding is dangerous with the magistrate here and that something fishy might be going on. Xander took a picture of Adderwolf during this and found a curved, bejeweled dagger in a tree behind him with the word Blightmore next to it. You all decided to work together and travel to the venue to see if anything was out of the ordinary. Adwolf offered to pay you all to ensure the princess's safety during the wedding. Heading to the venue, you found quite a lot of things. Perhaps most importantly, Adwolf discovered the Valorith nobles' presents were poisoned with a slowness poison. You all spoke with Ermina, learning that she had help setting up the gifts, learned who would be where on the stage, and that the wedding will be unforgettable. You all decided to leave and reconvene at the Lingering Flame. Adwolf met you there after dropping off his armor, and you began speaking about what might be going on. Whether Ermina was involved, whom she may be targeting, if it's revenge against the royals, or if she's targeting the queen herself, or is it only the magistrate you do not know? But you did decide to return to the venue that night to do whatever you can to remove the poison that is inside the gifts of the Valorith nobles. Upon return to the venue, you noticed higher security than expected. Sebastian turned Adwolf and Blueberry invisible, and they headed into the venue and were able to switch out some vials from the general population of the audience to the Valorith Royals section. They kept the poison vials and left some empty bags in the audience. During this time, an invisible flying Nomura saw two ballistas on top of the buildings nearest to the venue. Xander used Spider Climb and was able to make sure the ballistas will not be able to move when they are needed by messing with the wheels of both. Sebastian and Jet made a ruckus to distract as many of the guards as possible to make this happen. Xander then returned, along with Adwolf and Blueberry, to rejoin after successfully foiling some plans. Now, you all rejoined outside the Lingering Flame, Adwolf and Blueberry no longer invisible. Just outside, you can see the three Fendrean moons are still high in the night sky. And tomorrow is the wedding. And so the scene is set. The question is, what will you do next? We need to sleep. Mm-hmm. Real bad. We don't have a lot of time. Adderwolf, you're going back home to sleep, I take it, right? I am. I think that I should be with the princess when she makes her way to the venue, just in case someone else tries something. Okay. Do you know how or when or if we can reconvene tomorrow? I can try to meet you earlier if you would like. If we don't get a chance to meet up at all, should we come up with some sort of, like, code word or move or something like that for a sign of like shit's going down or like i don't know it's probably a good idea i feel like it'll be pretty obvious maybe if you like moonwalk into position that means we know we can do something what about code word shit's going down shit's going down that's (laughs) an interesting code word it seems pretty (laughs) (laughs) self-explanatory just all you gotta do is scream it in the air we'll know what to do (laughs) <laughs> well, well, okay, Jet, here's the thing. Remember your cell phone? Yeah. Could we give Adderwolf yours and then, or or I guess any of ours, really? What if he makes me go over my minutes? No, just the <laughs> rock one. Oh, oh, okay. You're still worried about minutes, bro? Like, <laughs> damn, it's 2019, bro. Like, there hasn't been counted minutes in like a decade at least. That's how time works. You count minutes. I'm going to pull my uh, actual cell phone out of my pocket, and it's going to be one of those, like, Nokia flip phones. It's like a track phone. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. I think it's track phone, right? Yeah, I got, like, 20 minutes left for the year. You pay by the minute? That's a strange switchblade. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little dull. Mm, looks indestructible, though. 
<laughs> yeah, here, play with it. I'm gonna throw it to him. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> and it tracks time. Well, yeah. Yeah, open it up. Look, it says right inside. No, it doesn't. It's been dead for days. <laughs> God damn it! That's no, right. it's a, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a Nokia. That thing is probably True. still at like seventy-five percent battery. <laughs> so, Jet, did you hand over your sending stone? Yes. Oh, this one makes sense for communication. But I will keep on. I will keep a hold of your switchblade, just in case. So their sending stones are connected as a group instead of being connected to just one another. Neat as hell. Now we really have a fave five. In this world, <laughs> how do sending stones work? If Adderwolf is trying to send a message to him with his sending stone and the sending stone is in his pocket, what actions does he have to go through to make that happen? All you would need to do is be touching the sending stone with your hand. Do, do I have to speak into it or is it telepathic? It's telepathic. So all you have to do is touch it. Sick. All right, bet. Let's do this. So Adderwolf now has sending stone. That way you will be able to communicate even during the ceremony. So we don't need code words. We can just communicate by the stones and say exactly what we need. Beautiful. How am I going to know? I'll, I'll stick by you. We can stick together. Oh, are you going to be my date? Yeah, we can do that. Oh, hell yeah. That's hype. I'm going to go. All right. You can contact me at any point. We will figure out what to do here. The poison is gone. The plants, they'll still do something. What is the state of the ballistas above? They broke in. Good, good. Well, like, broken enough that they don't work, but they wouldn't notice until they tried to make it work. Before we start resting, Adawolf looks at the party, and there's a moment where he closes his eyes. When he opens his eyes, his blind eye actually has, like, a strange reptilian pupil on it. And Adderwolf is going to use primeval awareness. If there is aberration, celestial, dragon, elemental, fey, fiend, or undead within one mile of me. Jesus. I can sense whether they exist. It doesn't reveal how many of them or the location, but it will tell me if they are within a mile. Whoa. Does it tell you which type? So what, will that just proc because Nomura is right here? So you know there's a fiend, but you would, you would understand that to be Nomura. Nothing else. So I, I, I pass that along uh, just in a sense of reassurance and security of what we shouldn't have to worry about. Nothing is hiding. So there is nothing waiting like that, at least. That's a dope-ass eye. That like a, like a prosthetic or something? Um, sure. I, <laughs> and it shifts back to the blind eye. Whoa, what the hell? Super cool special effects, bro. You gotta, you gotta let us in on how to do that. I'll show you tomorrow. Adderwolf heads back. We'll stay with the four of you first. You go into the lingering flame. I'm assuming you're getting a room or two all together. Is there anything you would like to do before resting? Uh, so we're just we're just going in there and are we just going to wait it out and see what happens or should we kind of game plan? Yeah, wait. I guess wait to watch whatever the plan was fail. Yeah, True. that's kind of our only option right now from the looks and sounds of it. I mean, what else can we really plan for? We don't know anything. Whatever was the plan, we definitely messed it up. Yeah. So as long as they don't know that it's messed up until it's go time. Let's hope so. I'm just worried about whatever is the trigger that was supposed to cause all this. Right. We took care of those plants, correct? Or no? No. no. 
Hmm. But we did take care of the poison. Yeah, still, I feel like those plants are going to, they're going to be a problem. There's a lot of folks over there, so, like, if something does go down, someone runs to the plants, they'll at least have, hopefully, have other people to help out. Y'all know how them rich people are. They just, they're not always the most uh, altruistic of folks, but maybe. Fingers crossed. Anyway, is it bedtime? Yeah. Should we just split a room or should we grab two? We can get two rooms and then we got the dates in one room and the two going stag in the other. That works for me. Out wolf. Yes. You're going back to your place to grab your weaponry and stuff? Yes, I am. And then you plan on heading back to the castle? Yes, exactly. Super easy to just get in, grab your stuff, lock it up. Are you wearing it back to the castle? Yes, I am. Guards greet you on the way in. They obviously know who you are. You're weighing your sigil. And you start heading back through the castle. As you are walking, you open a door and you're in a long hallway that leads to the princess's room as well as the queen's room. Mm -hmm. And ahead of you, you hear a door open. And you can see it is the princess's door. And Ermina walks out. She closes the door and starts walking out of the castle towards you. Adewolf. Tomorrow's the day. I was expecting to see you here. Though I was expecting you to be inside with the princess. Not just arriving now. I've been trying to do something special for her. Hmm. I know that she genuinely cares for certain types of flowers and creatures. So, after the wedding, when everything is settled and... The reception is getting ready to begin. I wanted to present her with something. A gift. I don't give much time to give her something exciting like this. I think that would be smart. I will give you a warning. There might not be too much time between the ceremony and the reception. You may have to wait until... You'll find a good time, I'm sure, though. Oh. Do you have something planned? Oh, yes. Can I help? All I ever need you to do is keep the princess safe. Well, that's easy. Amina. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for trusting me. Everything will go so smoothly tomorrow. Thank you for trusting me with this. And she continues walking past you. I'm gonna kill that bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. Uh, And then I'll walk to the princess's room. You can see that currently, Teriana is in here. The queen and her are speaking in the princess's room. And the princess is asleep. She has a separate room. It's almost like a waiting area. Yes. The queen and Teriana are there. Teriana looks up at you, stands, kind of does like a big sigh and says, Adolf, you really, you're supposed to be back earlier. I'm so tired. That, yes, I am so sorry. I can't watch both of them. This oh, Come on. But, well, there's a reason that you are the queen's god, Teriana. You are, you have eyes like a raven, seeing through the night, and nothing can stop you. I'm just glad you're back. Now the queen and I can go back to her chambers. Uh, actually, Teriana, do you have a moment to speak? Yes. If you don't mind, my lady. And he bows to the queen. The queen is sitting up relatively straight. She looks rather tired. She just looks in your way and gives a small nod. She's normally much 
sweeter. But right now she's feeling a little closed off. Uh, so I'll gesture Teriana to come, like, we're basically, like, in the doorway. So, like, shutting the door behind me. Teriana, I would like you to speak plainly with me, and I do not say this with trepidation. Always. Do you know of anything tomorrow? No. What do you mean? If I may make an insight in this to confirm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Give me insight. <laughs> That's a nine total. She gets really close to you and into your ear because she's whispering. She says, should I be worried for the queen? You know I'm always ready, but if I know something's going to happen, do you know anything, Adwolf? It's hard to get a read on her because she's really close. You can't see body language. The only thing you do notice is that she seems like she's trying to be quiet enough so the queen doesn't hear. I have been looking into something that is moderately concerning. I see no danger to the queen nor the princess, but their family... There is some conflict. Something is going to happen tomorrow. And I want you to not be surprised. I will be ready. As will I. If something goes wrong, and the magistrate finds qualm with me afterwards, do not let the princess pursue me. And then there's like that that like strong arm clasp. She's got a big broadsword on her back and it just clangs as she moves against her plate. I'm going to be like her when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Adwolf, you have a small, I think they're called Murphy beds, that kind of like come down from the wall that's in this seating room so that you can stay with the princess in times of need like this. Mm -hmm. You don't always stay here, but in in like a case like this, you and Tariana are both staying in the castle. That would be the case. He would not want to leave just in case. Before... We all go to sleep. I'm going to send a message with the sending stone to uh, Adderwolf. Hey, is the uh, princess allergic to anything like Brazil nuts? I don't know any nuts with an adjective describing them as Brazil, but it sounds delicious. Nothing I can think of, no. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Have a good night, bro. You too, bro. Xander? <laughs> <laughs> Are you trying to like bake her a baked good or something? Nah, nah I'll I'll tell you about it when you're older. It's all good. What the uh, fuck? Okay. And by that I mean I'll talk about it in the BTS. <laughs> yeah, I literally just wrote it down to ask you. So <laughs> <laughs> you guys all head to sleep, everyone. Mark off a long rest. After I wake up from my meditation, I'm just gonna do some, you know, sunrise yoga. Sunrise yoga. Frederick joins you, as always. And Xander, there's something in your pocket when you wake up. We got uh, 12. You grab out a ball. It's like a glass orb. And you, you don't know exactly what it is, but you're like, somehow someone tells you that it's the orb of angle detection. Okay, all right. The orb of angle detection? Meaning that uh, it'll roll down something if it's not at 90 degrees or 180 degrees? Correct. I knew it. All right. (laughs) It's a nice orb, though. (laughs) Might uh, just cast magic stone on this here orb. (laughs) (laughs) Bonk! You guys are all getting dressed in your pretty garb. Are you just heading straight to the venue, the four of you? Yeah, I think so. Guys, I prepared Skyrite, so if we have anything to, like, 
tell everybody in the town or at least everybody at the venue I could write something interesting in the sky, but probably not yet. Can you just automatically have it say like shit's going down if we need it to? I mean, I could just when I cast it, I can choose what it says. Oh, heck yeah. And if everything goes right, you can write something nice and that could be our present. I could be like, congratulations to the happy couple. Yeah. Perfect. And then the magistrate is like, who's doing magic? (laughs) 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 Fuck the magistrate. In parentheses. (laughs) (laughs) The morning of the wedding. It's a beautifully warm, sunny day. It's getting warmer earlier in the day and you get some amazing salty smells coming off the nearby sea. Heading to the venue, the four of you have to wait in a short line to get admitted to your seats. Once at the front of the line, there are magistrate members who are nicely dressed, but still have their red handkerchiefs to denote that they are indeed magistrate members. One of them bows to you as you hand over your tickets and brings you over to your seats. As you saw before, the seating is split down the middle. He takes you to your seats. While you're waiting for the wedding to start, is there anything you want to do? I'm going to um, touch the Sending Stone cell phone and let everyone know that I have Long Strider prepared the spell so I could help the princess run faster if there's an emergency as long as I can touch her or anything like that. Now that we are in our seats, I would like to... So I have my blazer on and I can't remember the color coordination. Azure and green. Yes, and I think my blazer was azure and then I had a green handkerchief. I would like to cast Prestidigitation to create a non-magical trinket and give Jet a green handkerchief to put in his pocket so we're matching because we're on a date. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, this is this is beautiful. Thank you. It doesn't really go with your pink, but you know. I, uh, I mean, hey, we're matching. Exactly. That's what matters most. I'll give him a little, little nudge. Watermelon. <gasps> my watermelon. <laughs> I'm wearing my yellow dress from early camping, but blonde hair. Adam Wolf, you were able to see the princess in the morning. She was kind of hurried out by the queen. So you, you accompany them. You are currently inside this small yet lavish building. Again, it's connected right to the back of the stage, so when you leave the door, hundreds of people will be watching you as you can hear people getting ready and taking their seats. You are currently with Princess Velaspian, Queen Valessa, and Tariana. Both you and Tariana have been given these lavish jewels and clothing to wear on stage in addition to your uniforms. The princess is wearing a bright white dress, slender and decorative down to her waist where it expands outward in a floral gown. The flowers are inlaid with these bright azure and green gems. She's also wearing a tiara with similar azure and green gems adorned on it. And then she has long blonde hair that is tucked underneath the tiara and hiding much of her ears. The queen is also wearing some extreme clothes. Beautiful gown that is tight and armored around her midsection. And she has an extremely tight corset and adorned in chains and gold along the sleeves of her dress. She has bright white hair that is down her back, which you almost never seen down. She almost always wears her hair in an updude of some sort, and she looks fierce. I'm kind of into this, but I will not admit it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) So the queen and Tariana take a moment, and they go into the washroom, leaving just you and the princess alone in this large room. She is standing in front of a set of three floor-to-ceiling mirrors, She's slowly looking at herself from multiple angles, 
How do I look? Radiant. Beautiful. You can see she blushes a little bit. She turns back to the mirrors. You think this is going to go fine, right? Mother keeps warning me that anything could go wrong at any time, but I'm just so excited. Vala, I think something may go wrong, if I'm being honest, but nothing that you've done. Oh, but it's fine, because you'll be there, and Terion will be there, and everything, everything will be fine, right? You will find your happiness regardless. I have taken measures to hopefully avoid anything going terribly, but allow yourself to be happy and be prepared at the same time. I don't know if that's going to happen. Mother, she doesn't approve of Thuridin. Are you happy? Yeah, I love him. Mother just warns me that he's still young and she just doesn't think he's a good fit for me, but I, I care about him. She's just scared the Magistrate is not a good thing to expose the people of Valorith to. If you're happy, then nothing else matters. The person that he is. I hope he shares with everyone else the way that you see him. And if he is not the person that we see, that you believe, well, I hope he is. But regardless, you're smart. You're bold, you're brave, you care. No matter what happens today, Tomorrow will be better, as long as you are here. She blushes. Thanks for always being there for me. Thank you for allowing me to be by your side. Congratulations. He pulls out the flower, his wedding gift. A jade vine? How did you find one of these, Adolf? You're amazing. Uh, this is This is great. Oh my gosh. Hold on to it for now. We can preserve it together after the reception. It would be my honor. This is... amazing. I'll have this one forever. Queen Valesa returns from the washroom with Tariana. She is now wearing a large set of horns on her head. Let's go! These things are massive. They are not actual horns from an animal. They seem to be made of some sort of plaster-like material. They curl away from her head on either side, curl forward and up to two points. These things are a foot and a half tall each and are gloriously adorned with chains and vines with flowers hanging off of them. She walks out with hands folded. Let's get started, shall we? Let's do this. Adwell, from outside the building, you start to hear a harp being played, signaling the start of the wedding. The harpist just in front of the stage start to play a slow but soothing melody. The four of you again can see that the back of this stage has a building on either side, left and right, with a corridor down the center with a beautiful archway. The door on the right building opens during this song. A tall, somewhat lanky man wearing a crown and fine black and gray linens, comes walking out, followed by a large beast of a man in dark gray plate mail from head to toe, broadsword and shield on his back. Everyone on the right side of the audience immediately stands up and bows, with many other people on your side of the audience, the Valorous side, kind of joining in. He walks to the front of the stage, bows to the right, bows to the left, 
and then returns to the throne offset from the center table. You can all assume this to be the king of Elvrath and his personal bodyguard. While this is happening, Jet would like to try to keep an eye on most of the guards to the left of the venue, just to I want to make sure that they're not doing anything like suspicious or bringing anything out or anything of that nature. Adolf, at this point, you can see the queen is ready to make her way onto the stage. Tariana opens the door for Queen Valessa as she quickly walks to the front of the stage, and with just a slight nod to the audience as to not allow her large headwear to fall off her head, the crowd around you again stands and bows. Some of the mostly elves around you snap their fingers, and the queen and Tariana sit down at their spots to the left of the two central thrones. After another beat, the door to the right building opens once more. From here, a younger male with dark brown hair comes out of the building. He's in a deep royal purple, black tunic with a gold-adorned cape dragging along the ground behind him. Prince Thuridan moves quickly to the front of the stage with confidence. He too bows to the people, and there's again cheering and bows from the Elverath side of the wedding. Following Prince Thuridan comes a tall, bald-headed man with a large scar on the side of his face. He wears full steel with a blue cape underneath his shoulder pads. He's carrying a full-face helmet and is carrying a tall glaive, the tip of which is adorned with a gray gem that looks like it has black roots that wrap around and penetrate the gem itself. They both sit down, Prince Thuridan at his throne, the Keeper at his chair nearby, the keeper dons his helmet and grips his glaive in both hands in front of him. And finally, from the right side, a woman comes out. Tall, dark black hair, dyed lavender. She is wearing a long sleeve purple dress with a black corset over top and a small black scarf over her shoulders. She wears a magistrate handkerchief as a choker tight around her neck and she has a three-legged black cat that stands upon her shoulders. She walks out with a tall staff, ice blue crystal on the top. You can see this crystal has dark blue roots at its base that too penetrate the crystal, much like the gem on top of the keeper's glaive. Blueberry, this is definitely the woman you saw in the magistrate tower as you were running away from the prison. I wasn't the only one who saw her, was I? Yes, you were. Oh, well, then I, I point that out through the stone. I will point that out and I will tell I will make sure that Adderwolf knows that we have fought her before at the magistrate prison. That there is Desideria. Oh, she cute. Sebastian's face just goes from like drooling to just pure shock, but like <laughs> then ends in a very mixed emotion. Scared and turned on. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Adderwolf touches the stone in his pocket and says to the party, It makes my theory of Ermina's escape, not being an escape, much more plausible. <gasps> Ooh, you're right. Oh, true, 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 true. I'm going to look over at Sebastian and kind of give him a nudge and say, Buddy, you, you doing okay? What's wrong? Oh, God. Okay, well, first off, goddamn. <laughs> Sorry, I know I'm supposed to be here with you, Jet, but okay. First... Wow. But then Blueberry was like, hey, she tried to kill us. So I'm feeling a little conflicted. What are you talking about? Oh, that chick way up there. Yeah, the the purple looking thing with the cat. 
Oh, oh god, okay, um, okay, let me fill you in. She's mad hot, but then Blueberry, as she was walking out, <laughs> was like, that's the girl who rained ice down upon us when we were running out of the prison. She's the one that almost killed us? Yeah. Uh, so she was up in the tower while we were running out. I don't know if she knows what we look like because we were so far away, but it's probably uh, not good. Either way. Uh, we look a little different. We're, we're dressed up now, too, so keep an eye on her, though. Yeah, that's just more reason for concern. Adolf, you and Princess Velaspian are the only two remaining. More instruments have joined the harmonies at this point. A full orchestra is playing. Are you ready? Are you? She just nods and holds her smile in. Let's do it. She breathes deeply a second and exhales. You are a princess. But beyond that, you are a person who cares. The reason you speak for this kingdom is because we trust you. Let yourself just be happy for a little bit. She nods as the music outside crescendos. And she looks at you, Adwolf, and says, Open the door. I open the door. Princess Velaspian walks out, and as she walks by you, a big smile hits her face. Radiant blonde hair in the wind as she walks out adorned in jewels. She moves to the front of the stage as everyone in the audience stands up, bows, and then there's a chorus of cheers and claps as she curtsies at the front of the stage and moves back to her throne. The audience does not stop hollering and cheering as she goes to her throne, curtsies to the prince, and sits down. Adwolf, how do you walk out as you're going with her? Hand on my blade, about ten steps behind, following in cadence with her footsteps. And there is a grin on his face. As he walks out, he looks across the crowd, and then there's... A smirk, probably, when he notices the crew of four. And a smile as he makes his way to a seat. And you take your seat next to Tariana. Tariana. She nods. The seats underneath the nobles were previously poisoned. Those plants will most likely act up. And the witnesses the top of the buildings that are now broken. Be ready. She looks at you quickly, just darts. You can see that she readjusts a little bit. You can hear her unclick a small leather strap that's holding in her sword. Just as this song seems to be ending, out of nowhere there's a sound of a large clap of thunder as Ermina appears on the stage with an electric entrance. <laughs> okay, fuck her. Excuse me. <laughs> making it about herself? This is the princess's wedding. Yo, that, that's not the fucking problem. This, excuse my language, this <laughs> bench just said, I'm going to use magic in front of the magistrate who put me in prison with the lady who was in the prison at the wedding where they're going to conjoin two, tip, two kingdoms. And what is magic? I hate everyone. I'm going to get the nobles killed in the mix. I hate her. <laughs> uh, glad I'm here with another episode because I'm going to beat her ass too. Jesus. <laughs> She is dressed in beautiful robes, but not outdoing the princess in her garb. She's holding a small baton-sized rod that is flayed out like a funnel at both ends. 
And as she speaks, her voice is loud. It almost seems like she's yelling to you all, but there's no need to strain her voice. She seems like she's talking normally, but you guys can all hear her even though you're a hundred feet away. Welcome to the great city of Valorith. I'm so honored to have been chosen to lead the most important joining of two houses, this city and all of Fendrea has ever seen. I have so much to say about how wonderful this marriage of two individuals full of love, passion, justice, and honor is. The prince and princess have asked for a short ceremony so we can get to the festivities as soon as possible. I thank their graces for the opportunity and honor to be chosen to join them as one. She takes a second and bows toward the bride and groom sat at their table. Let us begin the ceremony. With the joining of two royal bloodlines, we must start from the top down. A promise of good faith from the elders of each family. Your grace, would you please join me? She gestures towards the king of Elvrath. And my queen, please join me at the front of the stage. When the queen reaches the front of the stage, she stands directly next to the king. She puts her left hand up and in front of her and he places his right hand on top of hers. Desideria, will you do the honors? The lavender-haired woman walks to the front of the stage. Ermina hands her a long, platinum cord that she retrieves from underneath her robes. It's very rope-like, but is still ornate and beautiful. Desideria takes the cord and begins wrapping it around the king and queen's hands slowly, it takes many of these wraps, and it's just kind of loosely draped over their hands, over and over. This cord symbolizes the joining of the two families. May it be a reminder that the families are now one, that their fates be ever entwined. Desideria finishes wrapping the cord around their hands. She whispers something as she grabs the cord containing the two royal hands. With a light glow... The cords completely disappear. The king puts his hand back by his side, as does Queen Valessa. Desideria takes a step back, bows to the two of them before returning to her seat. The king and queen, too, return to their thrones. Is the thing that she did something that has been seen in kingdoms or marriages before, where she bonded the ropes and then definitely didn't cast a spell? Give me Arcana, because you know that this doesn't normally happen. Gabe is pretty sure he knows what it is, but I'm very adamant. But Adwolf probably doesn't. I know! <laughs> Nat 20, let's 22, go! let's go! Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. You can see that Desideria, while she was, she was basically kneeling down in front of them, she grabbed the two ends of this cord definitely was whispering something as she moved her hands back and forth. Take a quick look over to Desideria. She seems much less relaxed now, like she's concentrating on something. While I'm tuning the guitar, I just want to use my tuning fork to bring the guitar to F sharp, and I'm going to do fire. Could you imagine the audacity of someone in a wedding crowd pulling out a guitar <laughs> and tuning it during the ceremony? I gotta get ready. Stop. You, you, you better not you better not play that. I won't, I'm just getting ready. You're not one of the bars going up, are you? Not yet. 
<laughs> you can see a little interlude starts playing from the front as dancers from both Valorith and Elvarath come onto the stage. During this moment of interlude downtime, everybody give me perception. <sighs> oh, no. No! Ten. Eight. Nineteen. Nice, boy. Thirteen. All right, Adderwolf, what'd you get? Twenty-seven. Yeah, that's what God I thought. Damn, boy, what the fuck? Why? Why? He's all that matters. This is my job, baby. <laughs> 27. Anyone who got over a 10 can see that there are magistrate guards on the two roofs on either side. These are the roofs that the ballistas are on. And you can also see that most of them are watching the ceremony. Others are watching the crowd. Adolf, you can see that there is one guard on each roof that is facing completely away from the stage and surveying the audience with intensity. Each one has a staff with them. With a DC 24 perception check, Adolf. Damn boy. You see, as you look over at Desideria, she's concentrating on some sort of spell. And there's a small hidden lever underneath her chair that she fiddles with for just a moment. And with a 26, you can also see as Ermina sits down, cleverly hidden in her robes, is a staff. Ermina has a staff. Some magistrate guards facing the crowd have a staff. Uh, One on each roof. Adderwolf will touch his sending stone and, and pass all of that information to each of them. What? And then also pass that information on to the Queen's Guard next to him as well. I'll nudge Jet. Not only are there people on the roof, but you see, they have staffs, right? But so does Ermina. What? Jesus. And Desideria has a lever under her chair. Oh, shit. Adolf, as you tell this to Tariana, she looks at you wide-eyed. Do we need to stop this? No, because if we act, then they get plausible deniability. But now we know, with more than one member being aware, it's not just my voice anymore. I also have an elite group of adventurers awaiting in the crowd for us if something goes wrong. (laughs) Heavy air quotes. (laughs) With you and I, we we can keep the queen and the princess safe no matter what. Between you and I... I think we're better off stopping what happens here. The adventurers, as wary as I am to say it, I do trust them to escort the queen and princess safely. I trust you, as always. Adolf does also make sure that they know that Desideria is concentrating on a spell and she casts something. Ooh, 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 ooh. Since she was concentrating, can I have Namora do an unarmed strike on her? Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god, right now? <laughs> Adolf sends a message through the Sending Stone. Xander, you have an invisible companion, right? Yes, sir. I have a suggestion. Are they able to hold the lever underneath Desiderius' chair? Oh, yes, sir. Yeah, (laughs) suck it, Colin. (laughs) Oh, that just blew my fucking mind. That way, when she tries to act, your companion will know. And then we'll know. Perfect. All right. Yeah, I'm going to send Namora and just hold it. 
Give me stealth with advantage for Nomura. Imagine reaching for a lever that you can't see and feeling this like scaly hand holding it. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that is a 19. Azadari doesn't seem to be affected in any way. So Nomura is currently underneath that chair. Oh my god. Give me a perception check from Nomura. Uh, 12. The lever is definitely mechanical in nature. It's not magic. But it looks like whatever it does is the direction of the center of the stage. It's just like a back recliner for her chair for her to get comfy. (laughs) (laughs) No lounging during a wedding. Come on, guys. I'm going to say to, I can't remember her name, the Queen's Guard. Teriyaki. 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 <laughs> I look to Teriana and say, You take care of Ermina, and I will go for the other one. Desideria? Yes, that one. You think I could take Ermina myself? I think you're the Queen's Guard for a reason. You have not seen her nervous like this before, because she's normally very commanding. She's very Brienne of Tarth kind of built. It's weird to see her kind of nervous. The dancers finally come off the stage, and Ermina walks to the front. Your graces, would you be so kind to join me at the front of the stage? And both Princess Velaspian and Prince Thurden get up from their thrones, and they meet at the front of the stage. They stand on either side of the Sky Gem, facing towards one another, with Ermina behind them. Their graces have asked to join one another with traditions from both cities to reflect their desire for Elvarath and Valorith to be one. They respect both cultures equally and want both to be represented in this ceremony. Elvarath tradition dictates the two must give their most prized possession to one another. Prince Thurden grabs the rod from Aramina, and now his voice is elevated. Velaspian. My most prized possession is not something that can be wrapped up and tied in a bow. The greatest possession I have is my life. You know I'm not a materialistic man. I care for life and peace. So I give my life to you, now and always. I will die for you if need be. I am yours. He hands the rod back to Ermina, takes out a ceremonial dagger from underneath his robes, cuts a deep gash into his hand and squeezes the blood atop the sky gem, dripping his blood onto it. Princess Velaspian nods in agreement as she too grabs the rod from Ermina. Thuridan, my most prized possession is the thing that keeps me calm, keeps me safe. It keeps my mind at ease when I have impactful decisions to make. She pulls a necklace from around her neck and holds it by the thin gold chain. This is a sprig of a jade-fine flower cast in resin. Like my love for you, it will never wilt. It will never die. May it help you in your decisions. May it help you choose the right path. May it never lead you wrong. I give this to you. Thurden nods in agreement as well as he takes the necklace and adorns it upon himself. Ermina takes the rod back and says... Valorith tradition dictates the two must leave a part of themselves with the Sky Gem to fuel it and allow the life force to be taken from that peace to fuel Valorith's good fortune. Your grace has already done so with his blood. Princess, what will you give? 
Vlaspian takes a small dagger from up her sleeve, pulls a clump of hair forward, cuts four inches off of this tuft of hair. She slowly lets it fall onto the gem, strand by strand, as she moves it between her fingers. Ermina goes, You may now join as one. And Princess Velaspian and Prince Thuridin kiss over top the sky gem. The audience is quiet other than light snaps. If any of the party look at Adawulf, he's visibly uncomfortable. The prince and princess join arms as they walk back to their thrones and take a seat. And so Elvarath and Valorith are joined by blood. To the new we praise. Please join us in our toast. Inside your bag, you will find a vial of rosebud water. She grabs a small vial and looks out amongst the crowd as everyone in the audience around you grabs theirs as well. This is the moment, Tariana. To the new. As she raises her vial, as does everyone around you. To the new. I'm gonna fake it. You hear a few people around you. Wait, I didn't get a vial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Genius. We're so smart. <laughs> Thank you all for coming. A momentous day indeed. Before we move on to the grand reveal of the festivities, I just want to say a few quick thank yous. To the prince and princess, thank you for allowing me to join you as one. To our guests for joining in on this momentous day and joining in on the festivities soon to occur. To all the guards for making sure we have a safe space to conduct this wonderful ceremony. And most importantly, Queen Valessa. Thank you for always treating me like a part of your family, like I was one of your children. I have been graced with this grand blessing of knowing you and being by your side. But every blessing contains a hidden curse. There we go. You love your people so much, and yet you are not there for them when they need you most. I needed you, you know that. I needed you. And once I escaped from that hellhole of a prison, what did you do? You brought those who wrongly imprisoned me into your walls, into our city. She flicks her wrist from underneath her robe as a long staff appears in her hands that she uses to point to the magistrate flag that is adorning the building on the stage. You let them take me for years and did nothing to get me back. Everything I did was for you and your family, and this is how you repay me. Bringing the magistrate here after all I went through. No, you do not deserve a grand reception. You don't deserve any of this, Valesa. This is your fault. You went back on your people like you always do. You went back on me, and you must pay for what you have done. The queen stands up from her throne angrily as she looks at Ermina. Adwolf, you being on stage, you can hear her say, do not do this here, Ermina. We talked about this when you returned. We talked, all right. And you lied through your teeth to make it seem like I was worth something to you. Ermina's hair starts standing up on her head as she holds her staff with a white knuckle grip. She spins the staff around in a big circle as she yells, This is because of you, Valesa. She slams the tip of her staff into the sky gem as it shatters into pieces. 
Can I cast a spell? All I'm doing is trying to touch Jet and cast Longstrider. You see one of the guards on the roof? Counterspells it. The shards of this gem go everywhere, but only for a moment before they float, forming a 20-foot-wide diameter circle on the stage. You can see right through this vertical opening for only a moment before nothing but gray wastes with a black mist just off of the ground. You can all hear the clang of bones shuffling quickly and getting louder. From this newly opened portal, the black mist moves slowly as dark figures begin rushing towards the opening. This mist is disturbed as bone monstrosities start to run and fly out onto the stage. There are humanoid skeletal bodies with horns and hooves and skeletal tails. They're wearing shoulder pads and wielding long glaives. There are what seem to be baby skeletal dragons the size of hawks. A large, horrific bone humanoid comes out. It is humanoid in shape, yes, but has tons of skulls all tied together with different bones coming from where its singular head should be. Extra ribs, extra arms, a tail, and large bone spikes coming out of its shoulders. These small dragons are flying over top of the audience, and the smaller horned skeletons begin running and jumping off of the stage with weapons drawn. They look like they are about to kill anything they see. (laughs) Finally, the black mists part once more as a massive skeletal snake squeezes its way through the portal. A gargantuan creature, the snake takes a while to come out onto the stage, and it has made its way through the portal and towers into the sky as it loudly hisses and its jaws clack together. Give me a strength check, Namora. Oh, that's a nat 20. Let's go, dude. Holy shit. Desideria reaches down with her prepared action, and the lever doesn't move. Yeah, that's my strong little bitch. Yeah, yeah. Adolf, you see from on the stage, right as this portal is opening, that Desideria is trying to do something, and she starts freaking out, and she yells, We must keep the princess safe! Everyone roll initiative. What? Seven. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Eight. She said we must keep the princess safe? She seems distraught. She's trying to play that shit off. It seems genuine. You guys can all do insight. Like, you heard this. She screamed. 19. Nah, 11. 10. Jet, what'd you get for initiative? Oh, uh, 16. Ooh, all right. And 22 for initiative. The 19 insight, she seems terrified right now. And she seems like she's genuinely, like, nervous for the princess. Adwolf, you can see up on the roofs, all of the magistrate guards have their crossbows out. Colin, you bastard. What? You absolute bastard. The magistrate was trying to stop this, you fucker. (laughs) So how this is going to work, there's absolute chaos here right now. Ermina is on the stage and has just allowed all of these different monstrosities in. The main large skeletal snake is obviously the biggest problem here, along with the large Hulk-like conglomerate of bones also on the stage. But there are also dozens and dozens of these flying skeletal dragons and the horned hooved skeletons running around. 
They're like trying to kill anything that moves. They're jumping off the stage. They're going after anything. We are going to treat the entire surface area of the wedding venue as two absolutely massive swarms, one flying and one on the ground. Wherever you are in the wedding venue, you can attack the swarms. There are also three swarms of citizens, the Valorith Royals, the Elverath Royals, and the main group of people in the audience where you all are. Everyone else will have their own initiative. If you want to target the swarms of skeletal beings that are attacking the audience members, you can target them as long as they are still up, and you just need to let me know whether you're attacking the ground swarm or the flying swarm. Oh boy. Why the magistrate counterspelling me and not Ermina? Dumb. Adwolf, you're first. I hate you so much. Okay, so look to Tiriana, a nod of acknowledgement. Bonus action, as a shifter, I am specifically a swift stride. So Adwolf's appearance becomes more bestial, fangs start coming out, his eye becomes more of a slit, uh, his hair starts to stand on end. So it's going to give me an extra 10 feet of movement for the next minute. So I move 35 feet to stand in front of her and stand in front of the princess. That's my bonus action, my move action. And as my action, in Draconic, he shouts out, Umbral Rise. And his eye shifts over to that Draconic eye again. And he, like, reaches for it and then, like, pulls out a wisp of energy and magic and tosses it in front of the prince. And you all see what looks to be, like, a black dragon with horns, ears, and a bone mask on its face medium size with wings out, exhaling fumes, and then facing towards the large snake. Damn. Hell yeah. He looks at the princess and prince and says, get off the rug. All right. That is the snake's turn. And the snake is going to turn around and take a big old bite out of Ermina. She's the only one in range. That is a 28 to hit Ermina. So that's going to hit. Man, I can't punch her in the face if she's dead. Reasonably. That is lots of damage to Ermina. And you can see it does try to swallow Ermina. But she is able to get out of its mouth after it bit her. It is also going to try to constrict her. That is a 15 to hit. That does hit Ermina. And so she is going to take another huge chunk of damage. And then we'll see if she gets grappled. She does get grappled. So Ermina is now grappled by the large snake. Would I be able to say six more words in like that seconds of time or no? Sure. Desideria, what does the lever do? She hears you and she will respond on her turn. (sighs) I hate this, but I love it at the same time. That is the lair action. Ah. What? I need every single person to make a constitution saving throw. All of these skeletal dragons flying around, they start breathing this black mist over the entire area. Oh my god, the commoners are dead. (laughs) Plus two to your saving throws. Thank you, I forgot about that. 18. 18. 18. 12. 13. 
Everybody passes. Oh nice. my god. Yeah. The Valorith fail. Oof. <laughs> the Elvarath pass and the main group pass. You can see some of the people are gasping crazily as they're high and hoity-toity royals and they're scared and they some of them breathe in this gas and they take some damage. And then, so how I'm going to do this is uh, these are all the melee ones. I'm going to roll a d20. If I hit your initiative, they attack you. If they don't hit any of your initiative, they attack a group of the commoners. Initiative? AC? No, initiative. Oh. So no one has initiative 12. That means it's going to attack a commoner. No! I'm going to do a d6 roll. It's attacking the general public. And they are taking lots of damage. You can also see the magistrate. They start loosing all of their crossbows. The large snake is going to take 11 piercing damage. The large golem is going to take 14 piercing damage. And then they're going to attack the swarms of melee, which is going to be 11 damage, and the swarms of the flying, 12 damage. Ooh, that is Ermina's turn. The gate is gone. She lost concentration when the snake bit her, so the gate is no longer open. That's good. That's good. Ermina is grappled by this thing, and she has not stopped looking at Queen Valesa, and she takes the staff out and she just points it at her. I am going to do a nice saving throw for Queen Valesa, which is a fail. And you can see a green ray comes out of the tip of this staff. It is going to do... One second, I can't do this by hand, so we're going to use the dice roller. No! That means it's a lot, right? That's a lot! <laughs> 99 force damage. Holy Excuse shit. me? God damn. As the queen turns to ash, Ooh. there's no body left. And so does the king of Elvareth. What Holy the fuck? Shit. I knew it, you fucking bastard! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Damn it! Jet, your turn. Uh, there are all these flying things around you, all of these things on the ground around you. The population around you is freaking the fuck out. I'm going to start making my way towards the front of the venue where the ceremony happened. So I'm going to move 30 feet north, and then I'm going to try to attack the biggest group of enemies that are attacking the general public. With two hands, I'm keeping my, my shield on my back. Give me an attack roll. 25 to hit? Very much hits. All right. Blueberry, you're the next one up uh, after a few NPCs. Oh, I had 14 initiative. I don't think you ever asked me. <laughs> Never mind. Just, Sebastian, you're right after Jet. <laughs> <laughs> 13. I'm going to cast a Searing Smite as a bonus action. And then we will, again, just swing. That's only 10 to hit. 10 hits. Oh, wow. Okay. Looks like you got seven on the Searing Smite. Plus another 10, so 17 altogether. 
So you're able to hit one of these things and it shatters into a bunch of these other ones. And it's almost like these explosions of this essence that's holding these bones together and are shattering all these other people. Then you get that searing smite and you run up to another one and you are able to just smack it with the warhammer. And not only does it have this fiery explosion, the sear keeps on spreading. There's this gray mist that's now in this area because of the flying skeletons. That's just catching fire and catching all of these other skeletons on fire. After I finish attacking, I'm just going to yell to the public, get the fuck behind me now, run. Sebastian, you're up. Did I see Blueberry's spell fizzle out? Yes. Does it look like people are still looking at me after all the chaos that has ensued? The two guards who were looking at the audience are now shooting cantrips at the enemies as well. So it doesn't look like they're paying attention to you. It looks like they're trying to kill all of these monsters. (sighs) Wonderful. Okay. I'm whipping Daisy out. Seeing Jet just run in. Metal as fuck. There's bone giants everywhere. But the panic is just lighting something up in me. And I'm going to play this just kind of dope metal riff. As I finish the little lick of the, the riff, I do a big strum. As I strum, I just like kind of point over the crowd. And a spark ignites from my finger. And I am casting fireball Uh. in the dead center of the crowd of undead melees, the bone worm, and the big ass dragon. Yeah, you can hit all of them. Hell yeah. Magical secrets, baby. Let's go. Oh my God. It's a deck save. Uh, Yes, a 15. We'll do the first two swarms of enemies, 13 and 14. Both fail. The giant snake thing, a six. Beautiful. Wait, was did it have Ermina too or no? No, because of where Ermina is, Ermina hasn't moved, so it can't quite get there. I will say, I rolled an 18, so the audience did pass. They're still just going to take the half damage from the fireball. Yes. Half as many people died. Hey, Colin. Hey, Colin. Hey, Colin. You know what? As as a guest and just swinging for the narrative, you gave me inspiration last game and I didn't use it. Can we use that to let them take no damage instead of half? Will you swing this for me? I'll give you drama. I will beg for it. <laughs> you killed my not wife's mom. All right. Hold on. Shit. <laughs> what dice are you rolling? 8d6. I'd be willing to take that instead if you'd let me do it. What if what if we use both inspirations? Because I have one too. No, this is a terrible idea. We need those. <laughs> nah, it's fine. <laughs> I will allow both inspirations to magically make a little barrier of smoke that will make it so the audience does not take any damage. A barrier of hope, you mean? <laughs> yeah. That's my bro. That's my bro Xander right there. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I'm going to miss those inspos later when we actually need it. Xander, when you use that inspiration, you see Blightmore in the smoke. Whoa. Holy shit. shit. Is that the first time you've seen it outside of the camera? Yes. Holy shit. Mm, 34 fire damage. God damn. You, like, ignited the small smolders of all of these melee skeletons. 
that Jet had just put on a bunch of them. And there are these big flashes all around the battlefield that are just popping up around this smoke. You can see that out of the dozens and dozens that were here, there's five left. Oh, nice. There's still lots of flying ones, and you do get a big chunk out of the snake. Oh, Is that the end of your turn? Do you want to move anywhere or do a bonus action? I think I'm going to stay right where I am. I am going to stand up on the chair, though, because that sounds fun. So I'll stand up on the chair after my riff, point to Jet as he's just running in and kind of just whacking everything. It's almost like reminiscent of the first day of filming when he's like batting off all the zombies and I'm going to, for flavor, use prestidigitation and kind of like (laughs) make sparks fly. Anytime he goes to hit something like just special effects kind of looking around him and that'll be my my, my inspiration for him. Excellent. Hell yeah. That is the bone humanoid monstrosity. And it is on the stage. And what it does do is look around. And it runs at the Gloom Knight, which is the king's guard, who is very angry as the king has fallen. This golem attacks. Oh, that's two hits. I'm going to call him Bone Daddy. <laughs> Bone Daddy. Bone Daddy. <laughs> that is 29 damage. Oh, God. That is the commoner's turns. You can see that all of the commoners are dashing. The Elvarath Royals, they have an exit. And they use it. And they are able to get completely out of the wedding venue. You don't even see them anymore. The rest of the commoners get away. At least none are near the stage anymore. They're a good 30 feet away from the stage. And then the Valrith royals start moving. They stand up. They're looking for a way out, and they have one egress point. As they start to move, you can see these vines start lashing out and trying to grab Mm -hmm. them. They're going to pass anyway, so. Let's go, dudes. I've never had a plan work this well in my Life. Yo, for real. <laughs> what a mix, though. Uh-huh. We could have had ballistas. <laughs> yeah. I want to know what the lever wait, does. Wait, wouldn't the ballistas be a good thing right now? Wouldn't they be attacking the big yes. fucking... Yeah, oh, yes. they absolutely oh. would. Oh, you d- you big fucked up with the ballistas. <laughs> God damn it, Xander. That is also Desiderius' turn. Adwolf, you yelled, what does the lever do? Mm-hmm. She yells, it gets them out of here. And she's going to make another strength check to try to pull the lever. Namora, give me strength. Oh, man. Couldn't Namora decide if they want to resist after she shouts that? I mean, I got a four either way. So. <laughs> <laughs> you see Desideria, she stands up out of her chair so she can get better leverage. She uses both hands to... <coughs> the rug behind the prince and princess gives way. It reveals a slide going down into the earth. Adewolf, you turn around, you get a glimpse of both of their chairs tipping over backwards, and they start falling down the chute. Oh my god, it's like Sweeney Todd. Pull the lever, Desideria. Desideria yells to you, Adewolf. Keep them away! As she misty steps over the chute and starts falling down herself. Uh, is there a way to make an insight check on her, like, during combat? Yeah, go ahead. No, it's trash. Okay. 
it is your turn, so you get to do something. Just maybe not the insight. Oh my god. Okay. Would I have to take an action to get a general read on how the guards or magistrate leaders are feeling right now? No. I know you see all the magistrate that are on the map. That was more for the actual wedding. They're just attacking on the lair action, basically, along with the other swarms, just to make my life easier. They are all attacking the flying things, the snake, the golem. They know it's hectic. They know their lives are in danger. You're seeing magistrate people die. So the only person that seems to be on Armina's side is Armina and the monsters? From what you can tell, yes. Even the monsters really aren't on her side, which you saw from that big bite. And now that the snake is literally holding her. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to run 30 feet northwest, and I'm going to cast Summon Fae. I'm going to create a mirthful Fae. So just a very giggling kind of dryad type of creature, 90 feet northeast of me in the middle of the right side of the stage. And she will go right after my turn. So I'm yelling at her to focus on the bone daddy. (laughs) (laughs) And she's going to use her mirthful face step to teleport 30 feet right up to it. Then one of the following effects occurred. And this one on mirthful is it will force one creature it can see within 10 feet to make a wisdom saving throw against my spell DC. So wisdom save 15. It got a 17. Okay. It is not charmed, but hey, there are more rounds to this. Blueberry, you feel like this thing is out for blood. Even if that really worked, you feel like it might not care about your fae. Damn, it's immune to charm. Okay, well, it's going to swing with its little sword at this thing. But that is only a 12 to hit. That does not hit. It's mostly bones, but they're hard and they're dense. We clink right off of it. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Xander, you're up. Alrighty then. So, uh, I'm pretty comfortable right here next to Sebastian. We chilling. And I'm gonna start off by casting Hunger of Hadar. Oh, shit. Okay. So... You open a gateway to the dark between the stars and region infested with unknown horrors. 20-foot radius sphere of blackness and bitter cold appears. Centered on a point with a range and lasting for the duration, this void is filled with a cacophony of soft whispers and slurping noises that can be heard up to 30 feet away. No light, magical or otherwise, can illuminate the area, and creatures fully within the area are blinded. The void creatures warp in the fabric of space, and the area is difficult terrain. Any creature that starts its turn in the area takes 2d6 of cold damage. Any creature that ends its turn in the area must succeed in a dexterity saving throw or take 2d6 of acid damage as milky, otherworldly tentacles rub against it. Ew. Milky? Disgusting. Milky. (laughs) These milky tentacles... They are all over the place, and Xander, it definitely looks like these two swarms are also going to be affected by this. Hell yeah. Nice. That was very nicely done. Is there anything else you want to do with your turn? Nah, I think I'm just going to chill. I guess maybe I'll cast a magic stone on the orb. That is the Gloom Knight, the Keeper, and Teriana. The Gloom Knight and the Keeper are attacking the Bone Golem. 
So let's see if they can do anything. The keeper hits three times with his glaive. That is 33 damage. Gloom Knight misses on its first attack, but gets a nat 20 on its second attack, and it has brutal critical, so that's a lot of fun. What is that? Instead of rolling two times the dice, you roll three times the dice. Disgusting. 27 damage. Tariana's gotta go. She runs up, and she has fire in her eyes, and unfortunately she has to take the dash action to get within range of Ermina. But she's just outside of the Hunger of Hadar, and has brandished her broadsword, and she looks very, very upset. Now it's your turn, Animal. Me and my Drake are gonna charge up at this giant, nasty creature thing. God, this is all bad. Is it in darkness? Can we see it? It's in an orb of pure blackness. I know it said they're blind if you're inside, but... A 20-foot radius sphere of blackness and bitter cold appears. It doesn't say that we can't see from outside. Yeah, so I'm gonna say you can see this thing. Uh, and we're just gonna start swinging at this thing. Give me those attacks. What do you use for your weapon? It is a magical longsword. Nice. Ooh. But he wields it in one hand with his shield in the other. Yeah, we're gonna go for it. All right. So first swing, 20 to hit. And as a reaction, my Drake can infuse my strike with 1d6 fire damage. Ooh. So we're gonna add that in. Nine slashing damage and then five fire damage on top of it. All right, so 14 on the first hit. You are able to just crack through one of these ribs completely, and it just shatters. 13 on the second strike. 13 does not hit. All right. And then as my bonus action, I make my Drake take a bite at this thing with its nasty mouth. 22. Very much hits. For eight piercing and five fire. That is the snake's turn. It's starting a turn in Hunger of Hadar. Yes. Go ahead and roll your damage for that, Xander. Two plus four, six. Right after the snake is the melee and the flying, so I'm just going to do that right now. There are no more melee. Nice. Let's go. You can see that the flying are reduced by, you know, at least half. This giant snake, it reels back at you, Adderwolf. It's coming right down on you. 27 to hit. Yep. So that is 24 piercing damage. Got it. And I need a dexterity saving throw. <laughs> Nine. Add it, Wolf. This thing takes a big chomp out of you. <sighs> and you try to get out of the way, but unfortunately it's able to grab you enough. It flings you up into the air and starts swallowing you. <sighs> Oh, oh, damn. This is fun. Um, Does that put him in the hunger of Hadar? Yep. But the tentacles can't reach him. <laughs> I mean, if you're made of bone. Oh, also, yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> it's got like a rib cage. So, so we can still see him through the rib cage? Yeah. Oh, interesting. So it doesn't say it can't constrict again. So I'm just going to say it's able to constrict Ermina again as like a damage of just squeezing it. And it gets advantage this time, which is a 24. Ermina looks like she's fucked up. Good. All right. That is the lair action. There is a little bit of this gas. So I will need constitution saving throws from everyone. Just let me know if you fail, if you get less than a 12. Nice. Let's go. 21. 
Oh, shit. 13. We good. I got an 11. Um, I got a nat one, so. <laughs> oh, these things are spewing their mist all over the place. You're taking five necrotic damage. Bitch. <laughs> Concentration check. Oh, nat one. Fucking Faye is Ooh, gone. Anna. Ouch. The general population, as well as the Valith Royals, take that damage. You can see a couple of these Valith Royals fall, and more of these audience members fall. That was two ones in a row. That's very dumb. That is Ermina's turn. Jet, you are on deck. Yep. Ermina takes some damage. Go ahead. Give me damage. Yeah. We forgot to roll for this snake at the end of its turn as well. It passed. Oh, okay. It rolls the beginning and end? Yeah. It's two different damages. Wow. And they're different types of damage, too. So for Ermina, the first one is five plus five, ten. So that's her turn. You can see that Ermina is looking right at Tariana. And she lifts up her arm and a long line of lightning comes out. Counterspell! I raise my willow staff and counterspell. Oh, shit. I will say she is not casting this at third level, so you will have to roll. Okay. Oh, my God. That's my third natural one in a row. Anna. Oh, my God. <laughs> Excuse me. You got to throw those dice right out. That will unfortunately not hit the fifth level spell. Someone roll me a deck save for Tariana. I got it. She's got a plus three. Eight. I should not have got it. Well, you tried. At least it wasn't a one. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no difference. It changes nothing. Same result. <laughs> Tariana takes a big chunk of lightning damage. She's hurt. That is Jet's turn. Sebastian, you're on deck. All right. All right. So I'm, I'm going to move another 30 feet north. Oh, shit. Nigel, I didn't do it at the end of Ermina's turn. She failed her saving throw. Oh, no. Let's go. So five plus five is ten. Adewolf, you see, even from where you are, you can see that Amenas looks like she's about to go limp. She is hanging on by a thread. What a shame. <laughs> Sorry, Jet. So this is considered an undead, correct? You'd assume so. All right. I haven't used this yet. I've been a little confused on how to use it, but this might make sense now. My channel divinity... Turn the unholy, so it works on fiends and undead. Each fiend or undead that can see or hear you within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. On failure, it is turned for one minute or until it takes damage. A turned creature must spend its turns trying to move as far away from you as it can, and it can't willingly move to a space within 30 feet of you. It also can't take reactions. For its action, it can use only the dash action or try to escape from an effect that prevents it from moving. If there's nowhere to move, the creature can use the dodge action. Let's go, boy. And it's everything that can see or hear you. So that is yes. the skeletal snake as well as all of the flying things. Snake is blinded, but it can hear him? Is it see and hear or is it see or hear? That can see or hear you. Nice. Hell yeah, dude. You said wisdom? Yes, wisdom saving throw DC 13. I got a 12. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, my God. What about the flying boys as well? The flying boys, 15. Is there anything else you want to do on your turn? For my bonus action, I will cast Shield of Faith on Adewolf. Oh, what does it look like for him? Ooh, oh, yeah. oh, my God. 
surrounding you, a bunch of images of the flower that you gave to the princess start swirling around you. And I think there's a moment where there's like almost what looks to be a spirit of the queen that like places her hand on his shoulder. Oh, fuck. So, Adol, if you have another plus two to your AC, Jet, that's the end of your turn. Sebastian, you are up. I'm going to go northeast 30 feet. So I will run from one chair, cross the aisle to the midsection, jump on another chair. And now I would like to give Adderwolf a song, please. You might need it. Exactly. (laughs) I would like to use my advanced bardic inspiration for Adderwolf, please. I get up on the chair. He took your picture. We're coming with you. Dear Adderwolf, count me in. Let's crash this fucking wedding. So here's some inspiration. (laughs) Did you reuse that song? Probably. Adderwolf, you can barely hear that. So you have the advantage, Bardic. And then I will look up at the big old snake after playing Adderwolf a song. Just raise my eyes up. And I would like to cast Dissonant Whispers at third level on the snaky boy, please. Okay, what kind of save is that again? Uh, Wisdom save 15. That is a dirty 20. Dang it. He still does take half damage. He just doesn't run away. That is 20 psychic damage. Reduced to 10. And I would like to make that fire damage, too. The snake hearing my song just straight fire. (laughs) Boom. Erupts the head. That is the bone golem. Bone daddy, if you will. I sure will. (laughs) (laughs) You just made me roll a nat 20. Oof! (laughs) Dang it! And the other attack is going to hit. Okay, this is going to be oofy. Poor gloom knight. Oofy? (laughs) It's going to be oofy. I love it. I need to use that now. That's 35 damage from the first attack. And the second attack. 16. He's hurting. That is the commoner's turn. All the commoners are dashing. The Valorath Royals get a little bit further away. The audience is out. The Elverath Royals are able to get out. Blueberry, you're up. Xander, you're on deck. How hurt do Adderwolf and Teriana look? Teriana's looking relatively rough. He looks hurt, but he's not dire yet. I am going to cast Summon Fey again, but this time I'm angry, so this is a fuming Fey. It's similar, a dryad, but the leaves on it are all fall colors, and it looks like its head is on fire. Hell yeah. And she's going to be summoned right next to Ermina. She's going to swing non-lethally with her short sword. Unless you think I should finish my turn before making uh, the phase actions. I'm fine with it going on your turn. Okay, and it's with advantage because she summons and then she bonus action teleports and then gets advantage. That would be a dirty 20. That hits. Yeah. Nine piercing damage and five force damage. Ermina is unconscious. (gasps) Ooh. But she is presumably alive looks like it well i guess we'll see when the hunger of hadar kills her um <laughs> let's see or at a wolf <laughs> i still have a bonus action 
Okay, I will bonus action wild shape into a dire wolf with matching ears to add a wolf. Oh, that's so cute. And run as close to Ramina as I can. I feel like with 50 movement, I can definitely get up there. I want the fae on the opposite side of her and me on the other side. Xander, you are up. All right. Okay, so I moved there, and that makes the Tesseract, Testramina, what's her name? Tesseract! <laughs> Teriana? Teriana. I'm going to send her some good vibes as a bonus action. You said she's looking rough. I'm going to use four. So that's four D6. One plus three plus three plus two. Nine health. That's something. Do I have sight of the bone daddy through the bone worm? I'll say yes, because it's a snake. It's not taking up a 40 by 40 foot cube. All right. So with that in mind, I'm going to double Eldritch Blast the bone daddy. 16. Hits. Hell yeah, that's the first one. And then the second one is 22. Hits. Eight for the first hit. 11 for the second. Things looking pretty rough. Tight. And I'm done. All right. That is the Keeper, Gloom Knight, and Teriana. I already pre-rolled the attacks for the Keeper and the Gloom Knight. They're both attacking the Bone Daddy. Gloom Knight gets two good swings in. Keeper goes for one leg, slashes it. It falls onto the ground. He uses another slash with his glaive to completely break off the other femur. And then... He stabs through the chest with one last jab, and the bone daddy falls. Hell yeah. (laughs) That is Tariana's turn. She takes out her sword. You made me fail. Decapitates Ermina. Oh, God. (laughs) Adewolf, your turn. Actually, Adewolf, at the start of your turn. Oh, no. Oh, he swallowed. Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, the damage. It's only three damage. Nice. And then you are taking 13 necrotic damage as this misty essence comes out of these bones and just starts suffocating you from the inside. Cool. That's fine. As I'm going (laughs) down, I stab my sword into its bones and like slide down as I'm sliding down with a 22. Damn. That hits. So a total of 14 damage. Second strike. Also a 22. Jesus, dude. For 12 points of damage. And my bonus action to make my Drake bite at this thing from the outside as it sees me slinking down in sadness and suffering. 18. 18 hits. For four piercing, three fire. Okay, um, this is the story, story of, of a girl. girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is able to pass its con save, and it does not regurgitate you. That's fine. I don't need to go nowhere. He's driving. <laughs> so Xander, he needs to make a con save? Dexterity, I think. Oh, but he's restrained. Oh, so you auto fail. Oof. Sorry, sorry, bro. Uh, actually, restrained <laughs> characters are disadvantaged, not automatic fails. Uh, it's when they're unconscious that they automatically fail. Oh, okay. 
So yeah, you, uh, he has disadvantage. He might, he might do it. Give me a deck save. Uh, twelve. Um, still a fail, but I just look good doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to use the two rolls that I did while that was all happening? Like that discussion? That yeah, just use whatever. Whatever's easiest. All right. Well, it was 11, so... Ooh, all right, Adolf's <laughs> taking some big damage. So that's 11 acid damage. Also, because it took damage, it, it's not turned anymore. Fuck! The snakes turn. Xander, give me damage. Three. Can't do the good roll on that one. Snake is... It can no longer attack Adolf because Adolf is inside of it. Nice. It's going to go after Jet. What did I do? You tried to turn it. <laughs> I did turn it. <laughs> that is a 24 to hit you, Jet. Oof. So that is 25 piercing damage. Jesus. And I need a dexterity saving throw. 18. Passes. Nice. As this thing is moving over to you on the other side of the stage, Jet, its tail whips around and it tries to constrict Blueberry. Uh, Jet, roll concentration for bless. Ooh. 14. That is a 19 to hit you, Blueberry. Oh, yeah. Mm. Blueberry, you are taking... Give it to me. I'm a wolf. 30 bludgeoning damage. I don't give a shit. (laughs) And you are grappled. Oh, now I give a shit. (laughs) Xander, it's a con save at the end. Dex save. That is a fail. Give me that damage. Yeah. 11. Wow, those are the same rolls as last time. All right. It is the lair action. Roll me 2D whatever your damage is for the flying boys. And then I'm going to need con saves from everyone again. And then just give me 11 or lower. So that was seven. All right. Seven damage to the flying. Pass. Natural 20 con save. I got a nat one. All right, Jet, you're taking eight necrotic damage. Roll concentration for bless. 11. I'm going to use my inspiration because I rolled an 11. <laughs> oh. So no matter what, it will be higher than an 11. <laughs> nice. Jet, you're up. Sebastian, you're on deck. Did flying boys end in hunger? Uh, yes. Fail. 10. They're just dropping like flies. They are gone. Yes. Yes. Noise. The only bone enemies left is the snake. Jet, you're up, and Sebastian, you're on deck. Can I reach his ribs or no? Not from where you are. This thing's like 40 foot tall. All right, yeah, we're just going to 12 to 6 swing right at him. 12? 12 doesn't hit, but you got your second attack. So we're casting Searing Smite with our bonus action, and then we, again, are going to uh, swing at him. And that fucking natural one. God (laughs) damn it. That's the end of my goddamn turn. At least I have Searing Smite going. Sebastian, it's your turn. From my chair, look up at the snake and then say, to be honest, I find myself pretty humorous and cast Vicious Mockery at it. Okay. It's a bone joke, Colin. Two of them. (laughs) (laughs) What kind of save is that again? (laughs) Wisdom save 15. That's a nine. Nice. Four psychic damage, and it has disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes. And then a bonus action. I look back at Xander, because he's like two chairs over. 
Uh, do you get it? And give him finger guns and bardic inspirations. <laughs> they call me two chairs. <laughs> <laughs> that is the commoner's turn. All of the audience that was originally there is gone. It is only the Valorith royals left, but they look like they're not in much danger since all of the swarms are gone. Blueberry, you're up. Xander, you're on deck. Keep. Being grappled, am I in the hunger of Hadar or nah? Yes, you will be. Okay. So, Damagio? Six plus four, ten. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I turn back into myself, which is what I wanted. Oh, oh nice. Question mark. <laughs> it saves me a bonus action. Oh. <laughs> oh. Now you're thinking with portals. I am going to bonus action Misty Step out. I'll go like, it's like 15 feet north of it or so. And then my action action, I will cast Thorn Whip on the Snaky Boy. And that's another natural one. Hey. Anna. <laughs> Roll concentration for your fae. No. Oh, wait. I, I do need to do that. Oh, but that's fine. That's 15 plus something. So I have it for now. But am I attacking my fae now? I think that's fun. Don't you? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. But like if you're attacking the giant snake. Yeah. It kind of makes sense that you would miss its ribs and happen to hit something that was inside of it, don't you think? No, it's so much more fun if it hits a fae. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna roll a d6. Odds is Adwolf, evens is the fae. Colin just really doesn't want me to come back next week. <laughs> that's that's what I've determined. <laughs> it was a two on the d6, so you are indeed gonna hit your fae. Ah! <laughs> so fae is down to... 24 hit points. It is its turn. It's going to face step to the east. <laughs> Surprise, snaky boy, and take a slash at it with advantage. God damn. Okay. If you rolled another nat one, I'm going to be mad. I, I mean, I did, but then I had advantage, and then I rolled a, a six. So 13. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Just too low. No. <sighs> Xander, you are up. I can see Adderwolf, right? In the ribs? Cool react. All right. More good vibes coming your way there, bud. So 3d6. 6 plus 5 plus 1. 12 health to you. That was very important. I appreciate that. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> and then two more Eldritch Blasts at the Snaky Boy. 23... Hit. And, oh no. Oh no. That's an at one. God damn it, <laughs> dude. What is happening? Is this the most nat ones? Is this the most we've ever had? Roll damage. Okay. Um. So the first one is 11. So the, the snake takes 11 damage. Go ahead and roll damage. Okay, that one's only eight. <laughs> Adolf, you're going to take eight damage from this Eldritch Blast. The good vibes felt good, but unfortunately, he's shooting right there. Oh, oh. Oh, damn, bro. I'm so sorry. I can't see in there. The Keeper, Tariana, and the Gloom Knight 
all of them hit all of their attacks for a total of 53 damage across the three of them. Jesus. Damn. The snake is very, very hurt. Adewolf, the start of your turn, you are still inside this thing. 23 necrotic damage. Sick. Plus whatever from Hadar. Six. Dope. He's unconscious. God damn it. Oh no, I'm out of vibes. Adewolf is down. Now, am I within visual sight of my Drake? Yes. It can move because it, it can still, it, it can act normally on my turn. So does it have to go down to get me? Is it just trying to touch you in some way? Yeah. So can it go inside the mouth and down to me is my question. If, I, if it doesn't, I will die in here because I take damage. It can do so. It can get down and is now directly next to you in this thing. You're trying to get Umbral to pull you out. Yes. And Umbral can fly? It cannot fly carrying me. Because you're kind of going vertically, I would probably make you do an athletics check for Umbral to get you out of there. That makes sense. I'm down. Let's do it. I'm going to drop concentration on Hadar while he's stuck in there. I'm going to allow you to do half speed. Okay, so that'd be 15. You are basically in this thing's mouth again. It can't quite pull you out. Anyone listening, I just want you to know, because of initial damage, that would be two death saves that I failed. So if Colin decides to bite me, he'll kill Adderwolf here. I just want everyone to know that. So now we wait. And the snake goes next. Yes, it does. And if Xander did not drop hunger of Hadar, the snake would have died at the start of its turn. Oh, no! Adderwolf, what's your armor class? It is a 17. (gasps) No, you get plus two from me. You're fucking kidding me. This thing has a plus 13 to hit. Oh, shit. shit. So I got a 17. But because of your shield of faith... (laughs) Fucking go! Come on, tell me! That's a miss. Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) Is he he still in the... Wait, He's still in the mouth, but he tried to chomp down, and Umbral moved him just as the jaws were coming down, so he's in the middle of the mouth, and it was just not enough... Jet, that is going to hit you for 29 bludgeoning damage. All right. <laughs> Concentration check. Um, It doesn't matter because Jet plane down. Oh, oh, shit. All right. Shield gone. Jet, it's your turn. Give me a death saving roll. Two. That's one fail for Jet. Sebastian, you're up. I am not interested in killing this, seeing Jet go down. I'm running up, and I'm going to second-level cure wounds. So I'm just, I'm running up, and I'm trying to grab him and just pull him out the best I can. Fifteen healing for you. Oh, God, fuck. Pull me out of this shit. I'm trying, I'm trying. That's it for me. The Valorith Royals are able to escape. Blueberry, you are up. I am going to, with my bonus action, cast Healing Word at the third level on Adderwolf. 11 hit points to Adderwolf. As I uh, just blow a poof of pollen that kind of 
arranges and coalesces into the air into the shape of the like jade vine flower thing and kind of like sink into his skin, heal up some wounds. Blueberry, this snake is looking very, very rough. You can see its main spine. A lot of these vertebrae are just cracked mm. to all hell. This thing looks like it's hanging on by a thread. I will thorn whip. Give me an attack roll. No, 11. But you know what? I've got a fae spirit who's going to misty step to the other side and slash at it. Yeah! That's 19 plus something. That'll hit. <laughs> that hits. <laughs> Give me damage. Nine piercing and five force. Blueberry, it's yours. Face spirit, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> the face spirit is going to run backwards as if it's running away from this snake and then it's going to face step up into the air teleporting on top of it and landing down with its short sword right down through the top of the head and kind of ride the snake down as it collapses onto the ground and separate the skull just barely missing anything that's in the mouth (laughs) (laughs) You separate the back of the skull and then separate it from the spine. The spine completely falls. It crumbles and cracks. Your beautiful cloud of polleny dust helps cushion that fall for Adolf as he falls down, still inside the skull, and he wakes up, looks up, and is in the mouth of the beast. The air around you is still for a moment. The blackish gray mists from all of these small skeletal dragons is slowly dissipating. And you can start to see further around the wedding venue. There's surely carnage everywhere. Many are dead. Skeletal bodies all around. Ermina decapitated. The Queen of Valorith and King of Elvrath both reduced to ash. The portal long closed. The prince, the princess, and Desideria all down the chute beneath the stage. Magistrate guards are cleaning their wounds and helping the surviving commoners here get away from what remains of the wedding venue. And for today, that's a wrap. I knew it. Wait, I want to take a picture. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) What do you want to take a picture of? I need proof that Matthias is an asshole for sending us here. Look at what happened. This was supposed to be normal recon. (laughs) Is it a beautiful picture? Yeah, of course. Is it focused on the snake and decapitated Ermina? Yeah, I mean, the snake is at the center because that's kind of the center of the whole monstrosity. Nat 20! Oh, Let's go! My God. <laughs> it is beautiful in an eerie way. It is beautifully terrifying. The smoke in the background, it almost looks like it's still coming out of the mouth. You can see Adwolf is sit up into the mouth, bleeding, and there's just a shine. From his blind eye. This is going down in the Fendrian history books, bro. Thank you all so, so much for listening. Gabe, please don't hate me because I love you. (laughs) So tell the people where they can find you and what you do. 
Hi, <laughs> my name is Gabe Hicks, Gabe James Games for Rossi Internet. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, any other social media platform at Gabe James Games. I am the DM for Dimension 20 Streak Week. I am creative producer at Roll20. I am all over the place. You can find me on Tuesday night on that Bronze Girls channel in our D&D campaign, Shakar. And you will find me in Colin's Nightmares as well. <laughs> <laughs> also, Colin, I have things that I'm going to yell at you about because I am starting to realize some things about fucking Daydara, Desiree, whatever the hell her name was. Desideria. <laughs> that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, can't wait to talk about it. Come join us next week over on our Patreon where we're going to talk about it and you can just hear Gabe yell at me for an hour. So Give him money and yell at him in the comments. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> Spend money to yell at this man. <laughs> I am so excited to talk about all this. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was so fun. My heart is still racing. I checked my watch at one point and I was at 96 beats per minute. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Xander's Abduction is our very first Patreon stretch goal, and we are nearly there. At 100 patrons, we will be running an intense, ridiculous, hilarious, and probably very stressful, well, for Xander, one shot depicting the story of Xander's abduction. So head on over to patreon.com slash cast party and check out the loads of exclusive content from the cast and crew behind the scenes for every episode of cast party, exclusive one shots from the after party, and so, so much more. You'll also receive access to our community discord where we host live listening parties with all of us on the release night of every cast party episode, as well as entry into our merch giveaway that we do at the end of every episode. Speaking of, this week's merch giveaway winner is... Ryan! Nice name. I like it. But hey, if you want some merch for yourself to rock around town, head on over to cast-party.myshopify.com. Brand new, limited edition shirts, stickers, water bottles, hoodies, and so, so much more. Thank you all again for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks to see what happens after this wedding. See ya! As Ermina appears on the stage with an electric entrance. <laughs> okay, fuck her. Excuse me. <laughs> Making it about herself? This is the princess's wedding. Yo, that, that's not the fucking problem. This, excuse my language, this <laughs> bench just said, I'ma use magic in front of the magistrate who put me in prison with the lady who was in the prison at the wedding where they're gonna conjoin two tip two kingdoms that one hates magic. I hate everyone. I'ma get the nobles killed and then make I hate her. Oh, glad I'm here with another episode because I'm gonna beat her ass too. Jesus. <laughs> All right, time to go through the gifts for the prince and princess to make sure nothing is dangerous. Ash brought a fine dining set made out of elk antlers. Quaint. Dubward coming in with the stuffed pig. A little childish, but it'll do just fine. Jesky Fire brought a fine knitted garment for the king to wear. I'm not sure what kind of hair this is, but it does feel like alpaca, that's for sure. Ebav Lo brought the smallest box I have ever seen. It must be nothing. Look at the size of that die! I mean, nope, no diamond here. Just a small, empty box from Ebab Flow. <laughs> all right, all right, looking for danger, looking for danger. Lord Asselberg sent in a book of short stories. 
all of which are about him believing he is a demigod who is actually the princess's father, reincarnated by the gods to rule Valorith and take over the entirety of Fendre using just the might of his followers and the princess's fine blonde hair. Probably nothing dangerous in there, just a, just a bit loony. Eric Five looks like he brought a fine bottle of elven wine. Oh no, there's a slightest rip in the wax. It must be poisoned. Can't be letting the prince or princess have this. <laughs> Sean de Jesus sent over a coaster? Just, just, a coaster? There isn't even anything inscribed on it, it's just a coaster, alright, alright. New York's present was shipped via boat as they weren't able to make it themselves to the wedding, but they sent a cake. This thing is hard as a rock and I don't think it was initially green, oh god. War Torn Knight sent a little letter addressed to the newly married couple. All it says on the inside is, I am sure I will love the ceremony, but the reception will surely take the cake. Oh, God. I wish I didn't read that. Sainty Love thought it would be smart to send a large box that is currently carrying two spider monkeys dressed in top hats with canes that won't stop dancing. There isn't even music. No, don't throw that. It doesn't belong in there. Somebody take them away. Oh, finally, the last one. This one is from Rosendo. It just says dagger. But this box is five foot long. What is wrong with these people?